Our scripture reading this morning in connection with our text is just a short passage from Luke chapter 12. Luke 12, we will read the verses 35 to 40. So in this passage, the Lord Jesus is talking about his return and how his servants uh, must be ready for his return as well. So Luke 12, beginning at verse 35. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house to be left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Thus far our reading from the Gospel of Luke. Let's now sing together from Psalm one hundred and nineteen, and we will sing together stanzas thirty nine and forty.
text for this morning's sermon is Romans 13, the verses 8 to 14. So Romans 13, beginning at verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Thus far, our text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, over the past number of weeks, I'm sure we've all noticed the days getting shorter. The long summer days of summer with lots of light are over, and the long nights of winter with lots of darkness are now here. And during the winter months, the sun takes a lot longer to come up in the morning. And certainly with the time change, that's been pushed back a little bit. Uh, The dawn is a bit earlier for a while, but the effects of the time change will soon wear off. Morning is slow to come. When you go through the long nights of winter, perhaps you, you long for the daylight to come. Right? It's pleasing for our eyes to see the sun. We all like to see the sun shine brightly. But sometimes in winter it feels like the night and the darkness is never going to end. And yet eventually the grip of the darkness of the night gives way to the first light of the dawn. There's nothing quite like seeing a beautiful sunrise after a long dark night. Now why, why am I describing these things to you this morning? Well, I say this because the return of Christ is like the dawn of a new day. And sometimes how the Bible describes it. The return of Christ is like the beautiful sunrise after a long night. You can see something of this from our text from Romans 13 this morning. There it says, You know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. 
For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Yes, that refers to the time of Christ's return. So the, the return of Christ is coming. In fact, it's more certain that Christ will return to this earth than that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Right? It's that certain. It's more certain that Christ will return to this earth than that the sun will rise tomorrow. You can be sure that it will happen. And when he comes, Jesus Christ will usher in the eternal day. And since we know it's going to happen, the only sensible thing to do is to prepare ourselves for his return. That's why I've summarized the sermon this morning as follows. Christians, get ready for the dawn of the new day the return of Jesus Christ. We'll see from our text this morning that we get ready, first of all, by waking up from spiritual sleep, uh, then by casting off deeds of darkness, and third, by putting on love and the armor of light. So the Bible tells us that this present world is characterized by the night. This present age is described as one of darkness. Now, why is that? Why does the Bible describe this world like that? Well, we could state a number of things. It's because this present age is filled with the darkness of sin. Right? The darkness of sin holds a tight grip on this fallen world. Not only that, this world is called one of darkness also because people are spiritually asleep. See, when people are physically asleep, they are ignorant of the things going on around them in the world. Right? They do not respond to the things outside of them. People by, people by nature are spiritually asleep. What do I mean by that? I mean by nature people are ignorant of the things of God. By nature they're unresponsive to their own sin and their own need to repent and believe. And by nature, people are oblivious to the reality of Christ's return. So they're spiritually asleep. Not only that, that this present age is also described as darkness because people think they are not ultimately accountable for what they do. Right? When you are in physical darkness, no one can see what you're doing. You can get away with things that you can't get away with in the daytime. And many people think that that's how it ultimately is with their lives to God. I'm in the dark, no one can see me, not even God. They think that darkness will always be there and they can just do what they wish. But here is what we must understand, the reign of darkness And sin in this world is going to end. The dominance of sin in this world is going to come to an end. Christ is coming. No one will be able to shut their eyes to his light. So what should be our response? Well, our text shows us a way. You know the time. That the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. 
right? How do you know it's time to wake up from physical sleep? Well, for many of you, I'm sure you have an alarm set, maybe on your phone, maybe you have an, an, one of those old alarm clocks. And as the alarm goes off, it tells you that it's time. It's time to wake up. It's time to get out of bed. For some of the younger members here, maybe your mom or dad comes to your room and says, it's morning. Time to get up. Maybe for some of the parents, their children come to their room. Mom and dad, time to get up. Most of us, yes, we have that alarm clock. Tells us it's time to get up. Well, the Word of God is like that alarm clock. It's like that call from mom or dad telling you to get out of bed. The Word of God is telling us this morning the night, is, the night of sin is almost over. The dawn of Christ's return is almost here. The time for spiritual sleep is over. You must wake up. You must get ready for the coming of the new day. You cannot remain ignorant of the things of God. You can no longer ignore your sin or the need to repent and believe. You cannot be oblivious to the return of Christ. It's time to wake up. Now, the sad reality is that many people in this world, they turn a deaf ear to God's wake-up call. You know, think about many people who hear their alarm go off in the morning. What do they do? Well, they hear it, but they effectively ignore it. There's that convenient snooze button that you can press and then you roll over and go back to sleep. Now, the point I'm making is not about physical sleep. If you like to press your snooze button in the morning, that's not what I'm getting at. But the question we all need to ask ourselves this morning is this. Am I effectively pushing the snooze button on the Word of God? Do you hear the Word of God calling you to wake up, to repent and believe, calling you to stop living in the darkness of sin? If you ignore that call, if you remain spiritually asleep and go living in darkness, you've effectively hit the snooze button on the Word of God. It's if it doesn't change you, right? It doesn't change how you live. It doesn't cause you to put your faith in Christ. You've ignored it. May that never happen to you. You see, you, you might feel like it's no big deal to do that. After all, ignoring your regular alarm clock usually doesn't have that big consequences, does it? But ignoring God's word can be deadly. If you do not heed the call of God's word, if you remain living in darkness, spiritually asleep, and Christ is going to come back, he will flip on the lights and everything in your life will be exposed. And you will not be able to say at that moment, oh, 
the Lord's back. I guess I better get ready now. Right? That's too late. You know, if you just go on living in the darkness of sin, ignoring God's word, then Christ will say to you, you're going to get what you want. You wanted to live in darkness, you refused to change, and so you're going to dwell in darkness forever. You'll never see the light again, and that's a scary thing. Take care, it doesn't happen to you. But if you hear God's word and respond, if you repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, everything will be different. You see, the dawn of the new day, the return of Christ, is good news for you who believe. What does our text say in verse 11 to believers? Our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Our salvation. What happened to believers when we first believe in Jesus Christ? Well, we could think of what Paul says earlier in the book of Romans. Romans 1, the gospel, the good news, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Or Romans 3, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Romans 4 talks about believers, how their lawless deeds are forgiven. Their sin is covered. God does not count the sins of believers against them. Instead, he counts towards them the righteousness of Christ. Romans 5, we've been justified by Jesus' blood, reconciled to God through him. Finally, Romans 8. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what happens when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if those things are true, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, why does our text say that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed? Well, it does not mean that people who believe are not yet saved or something like that. But the full enjoyment of salvation is indeed not yet ours. We long to be clothed with eternal life. We long to be forever free from sin. We long to never again face temptation or any attack of Satan. And we long to be in the in the full presence of God, enjoying His love in Jesus Christ. And we will enjoy those things in full when Christ returns. That's why it's the dawn of a glorious day. And we we can look forward to it in Jesus Christ. As 1 Thessalonians 5 says, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. What beautiful words. And hearing those words, let's respond in faith. Let's get ready for the glorious day that brings us to our next point. So, beloved, you who believe are children of the day. You've been raised with Christ, and you are indeed awake 
in Jesus Christ. And so as 1 Thessalonians 5 says, you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. So what that means is that we as believers who are awake in Christ, we will live a new life. We will live a new life consistent with our spiritual condition. We are spiritually awake, and so we can no longer live as those who are spiritually asleep. Right? Think, think about the contrast between someone who is physically asleep and someone who is physically awake. Right? The difference is striking. And that stark contrast will begin to describe more and more the difference between someone who does not believe in Christ and someone who does. Your life will look different. You who are alive in Christ, it will begin to look different more and more. And what will that change look like? The first thing is this, as we get ready for the dawn of the return of Christ, we will cast off the deeds of darkness. What are the deeds of darkness? You can see some of them listed in verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or in drunkenness. Or as one Greek dictionary put it, not in drinking parties involving unestranged indulgence and alcoholic beverages and accompanying immoral behavior. Right? That's not how a Christian acts. And verse 13 goes on, not in sexual morality and sensuality. Right? Not in behavior completely lacking in moral restraint. Not in quarreling and jealousy. Right? Those things characterize the darkness. Engaging in those things is to act like a person of the night. It's to act like a person who does not know Christ. So God calls us to cast those things off, to throw them off, to remove them from your life and never live that way again. Leave your old life behind. Now why are we sometimes hesitant to cast those things off? Well, it can be similar to why we might be hesitant to physically wake up and get out of bed. It might feel warm. It, it might feel comfortable. Right at times, sin might feel like a comfortable blanket. It can bring discomfort to throw it off. And so instead of casting off the deeds of darkness, we want to hold them close. Don't want to let them go. And here's where we must understand this picture of sin is completely skewed, right? Sin is not a comfortable blanket that brings comfort and warmth. Sin is more like a snake coiled around a person, right? Sometimes snakes like pythons, boa constrictors, they wrap themselves around their prey, 
And then they squeeze tighter and tighter until their prey is dead. And that's what sin will do to you if you do not cast it off. Sin is not a warm blanket. It's like a snake trying to squeeze the life out of you until you're dead. So see sin for what it really is. Cast it away. Why hold on to it? Unless we think it's all up to us, and let let me assure you that God himself is going to help you in this. Remember the words of 1 John 1 verse 5, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Right? God is light. In him there is no darkness whatsoever. And this God of light lives in you by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Well, this is the amazing truth I was able to teach in my Belgian Confession class last week. The Holy Spirit, He's true God, the God of light. And he lives in you, believers. Are you not stunned by that? How amazing that is that God would dwell in you by his Holy Spirit. And you can be sure that the God of light who graciously lives in you will lovingly help you cast off the deeds of darkness. He does not leave it all up to you. No. No, some days you might feel you just can't get out of bed. Maybe you just don't have the energy. Sometimes it can feel that way when it comes to sin as well. Feel like you just don't have the strength to cast it away. You feel your weakness. And that can happen. Remember, you don't have the strength to do it. You don't. But God is your strength. Pray to Him to help you to remove these things from your life. As He gives you the strength to remove sin, then also be on guard. Verse 14 says, Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Or as one translation puts it, Don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Right? Don't. Don't dwell on sin in your heart and in your mind. You know, something in us wants to go back to the darkness of sin. Maybe we think, what if I just get a little closer to the sin again? Would, would that hurt, right? Would that, be, would that hurt? Well, what, what is that like? It's like someone who gets out of bed, feels a little bit tired, and then says, you know what, I know I'm supposed to be up and ready for my ride to work. I have a few minutes now. I'm, why don't I just go back to my room, shut the lights off, and lay in bed until my ride comes? What's going to happen to that person? Well, you know. They're going to fall back asleep. They're going to miss their ride to work. In a similar way, verse 14 says, don't give the opportunity for your sinful nature to take over. Right? If you're tempted towards sin, don't put your places, put yourself in places where you're tempted. 
don't give sin an opportunity to grab a hold of you again. Brings us to our last point. Now, when you wake up in the morning, you prepare yourself for the day. No one just gets out of bed and goes straight to work as is. At least I hope not. You get up, you get dressed, eat your breakfast, you brush your teeth. You prepare yourself. In the same way as Christians, we don't just remove the things that belong to the darkness. We prepare ourselves for the coming of the new day by getting dressed appropriately. And God calls us to put on certain things. And we see three things in our text. We are to put on Christ, we are to put on love, and we are to put on the armor of light. These things are very much related. So we belong to the day in Christ. We are awake, we are alive, and so we put on Christ. What does that mean? It means that we who are joined to Christ by faith will become more like him. Believers have the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit is going to conform our lives to the life of Jesus Christ. So Christ shunned sin and resisted temptation. By the Spirit, we're going to do so more and more. Christ showed compassion to the poor, the weak, the lonely. By the Spirit, we will do the same. Christ obeyed God even though it brought him pain. By the Holy Spirit, we will also do the same. And Christ denied himself, becoming a servant to others, carried the cross. By the Spirit, we will deny ourselves also, becoming like Christ. And as people of the day, we'll also put on love. You can see that in the first part of this text, verses 8 to 10. There we read, Owe no one anything except to love each other. And love here is compared to a debt, a debt we owe someone. When you're in debt to someone else, your focus is on paying that person back. Right? If you have a car loan, you know every, every month you need to make another car payment. However, when it comes to car payments, we know that eventually the debt is paid off. And when the debt is paid off, you can stop making your car payments, and you're probably thankful you can stop making your car payments. And here we read, show love to others as if you were in a never-ending debt towards them. So there will never be a point where you say, well, my debt of love I owe to someone else is all paid up. I can stop showing love to this person. No, showing love is not like car payments that come to an end after a time. Love is something we keep on giving and never stop. We do this because, as verse 8 says, the one who loves another has fulfilled the law or fulfilled the other laws, we could translate it, referring to the second half of the Ten Commandments. We show love to our neighbor in a particular way. By not stealing, not murdering or hurting, not committing adultery, not coveting. It's these commandments that are the way of love. That's because they do no harm to their neighbor. That's what God wants. He does not want you to harm your neighbor. That means anyone you come across in life. 
finally, we are to put on the armor of light. It's putting on what is good and right and true. Putting on things we're not ashamed of. Things we're not afraid to be seen openly by everyone because they are noble and good and right. Literally, he says, put on the weapons of light. Put on things that help us in the spiritual battle. Weapons of good by which we fight against sin. As we do these things, then we will look forward to the return of Christ, the dawn of the new day, all the more. What does the book of Revelation tell us about the new Jerusalem? The Apostle John says, The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is a lamb, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Christ is bringing an eternal day. No night, only the beautiful light of God's presence. So, beloved, get ready. Let us wake up. Let us throw off sin. Let us put on love and the armor of light. Amen. Let us now respond to the preaching of God's word by singing together hymn 67, stanzas 1, 5, 6, and 7. <clears throat>